This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. Something happens with tribulation. It brings me to a place where I need to seek after God. All your trials and tribulations that you're going through, question yourself. Have you really been in prayer about those tribulations? Have you really put into prayer? I mean, getting on your knees. If you can't get down on your knees, I'm talking about turning off everything, the phone, everything, and really spend time with the Lord and bringing it to the Lord. Not only do we have access to salvation and grace through faith in God, but faith also enables us to have a transformed perspective of difficulties and trials. Faith becomes a lens through which we are able to recognize that God uses challenges to draw us closer to Him, and in the struggles of life, we enjoy sweet communication with Jesus. In today's message, Pastor Eddie will teach us how to look at trials through God's perspective. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie as he continues his study in Romans. God loves you just the way you are. He refuses to leave you that way. He refuses to leave you that way. He wants you to come to his son. He wants you to accept his son, Jesus Christ. And so now you understand the theology. You've been justified. You have peace with God. You have access through God. Why? Because of faith. So don't let the enemy lie to you. Don't let no one lie to you. Don't even let him hit your conscience and say, listen, you blew it. Forget about it. (laughs) You messed up. This Christian thing is no good. You're just not good at this Christian thing. And so all of a sudden, many Christians fall for it. And now they drift away and they drift away. And here they go, the cycle again. The cycle again. Until they feel that they can get their life right, then they come back to church. Then they have fellowship again. And guess what happens? No doctrine, no biblical truth. They've been reading the 10 steps to a better you, and they read it three over and over again. It's not helping them. But when you read biblical doctrine, you understand you've been justified by faith. And because you've been justified by faith, not because of what you've done, but because of what he's done, it is your faith that has you peace with God. You have unlimited access to God. And therefore, you can stand with the Lord. Don't let the enemy lie to you. Don't let the enemy lie to you. I've been there. I've, I've been there and done that. It wasn't until I fully understand doctrine and the word of God to realize, you know what? He died for me. Heaven and earth would pass, but his word would never pass. And his word tells me just by believing in him, I've been justified. We've been justified. It is God's grace, God's unmerited favor. In other words, because of our faith. Christ has brought us into this place of undeserving privilege to come before him and before his throne that we which we now stand. This grace is given through Jesus Christ and it is gained by faith. 
So listen, saints, when you spend time in devotion, when you spend time in prayer, when you spend time on your knees, understand and always remember you are in his presence. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere at all times. He's not only here when you come. He's not only in your heart or sitting next to you or giving you this feeling that he's around you only when you're in church, when you're in the car, when you're at work, when you're shopping, when you're, you're at home. God is always with you. And there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. You have this unlimited access. Why? You have this unlimited access because you have peace with God. And why you have peace with God? Because you've been justified. You put your faith and trust in him. You surrender your life. Always remember that you and I always, always have this access to God. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into his grace in which we stand. Here it is, the third blessing. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. The third blessing is hope. We have this hope. The word rejoice there is really boast. We could boast that we're going to heaven. We could boast that we could be in the presence of God. How many people could say, hey, listen, I have unlimited access to the White House. I can meet the president anytime I want. You know, if somebody had a pass like that, they're going to rub it in your face. They're going to put it on Facebook. They're going to let you know. At the end of the year, Christmas card, oh, we're doing well. Or Aunt Susie, this and that. Our dog is grown. And guess what? I have unlimited access to the White House. They'll make sure you remember that they have that. We can boast. We can boast that we have unlimited access to the Father in heaven. There is no greater place. There is no other God like our God. There's none more worthy. There's none more powerful. We have unlimited access to him. And we can be confident because of what? Because of Jesus Christ. This is where a lot of also professing Christians fall. Because we're not rejoicing. We're not excited. We live life and says, are you really a Christian? But you're always negative. You're always sour. You always have a bad attitude. You have a face like you don't like what's on the menu. Are you sucked on a lemon? That's a Christian? Listen, it doesn't matter what I'm going through. A peace that surpasses all understanding. I have peace with God. It doesn't matter because whatever happens, whether I live another day, two, three, four years, hopefully not too long because I want to be in the glory of God. No matter what happens, I'm going to be in his presence. We should rejoice because of this hope. We have this hope. We could be confident enough of being in glory with Christ. And that is because it's based on my faith, not based on works. How many Christians think right now that they all, oh, if they were to die right now, let's say you weren't in church, you haven't been in church for a couple of weeks, and people consider that to be some kind of work. We should be in church. Paul tells not forsake the gathering of saints. But let's say you're at a point where you're kind of cold. And if someone tell you Christ is coming this moment, but let's say, would you feel you go to heaven? Oh, you know, I haven't been right with God. Wrong thought. Wrong thought. That's the reason why you need to understand biblical doctrine. Because it's not because of what I've done lately. People may say, what have you done for me lately? But God is what Christ has done 2,000 years ago, not lately. It's not what you have done. And so we don't put our confidence. We don't have this hope. It's a hope. We know this hope. We believe that we're going to heaven. I know if I mess up, and let me tell you something, I'm, you know, 
Again, I always say, ask my wife. (laughs) You know, I'm not perfect. But I know, I know that I know that because I'm going to heaven, not because I'm a a good person, because good people don't go to heaven. I'm going to heaven because my faith and trust is in Jesus Christ. That is why. So we have hope. The same thing people think. You blow it, you say to yourself, you're not going to heaven. And that's what happens because there's, not, there's no sound doctrine, understanding a justification by faith, and it's not of works. So we think, okay, you know. You know, when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 tells us this, being confident in this very thing, being confident in this very thing, that he, the speaking of Jesus, who has begun a good work in you, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Who's going to complete it? He is. He's going to continue to work. Are you perfect? You're never going to be perfect until you stand in glory with God. God is always working in you. As long as you have soul and spirit in your flesh, God is continuing to work. And he began that work when you put your faith and trust in him. You put your faith and trust in him, justified by faith, you have peace with God, unlimited access. He's still working in you. Because there's a hope that we're going to get to heaven. And I love this bumper sticker that I grew up. It was, you know, I was Pentecostal and we had bumper stickers for everything. Our cars would fill all kinds of, you know, honk if you love Jesus. Bam, 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 bam. And then we get mad that people are honking behind us, right? <laughs> Why are you honking hard? You say honk if I love Jesus? <laughs> Not just kidding. But there was one bumper sticker that I really liked that really stuck to me. And it says, be patient with me. God has not finished with me yet. And we will always say that every day of our lives until we stand before in glory. He is not finished with us. When will he finish with us? When we stand in glory before him. So just a little review on some of the benefits we have. Blessing number one, we have peace with God. That peace, it now takes care of the past. We have peace with God, takes care of the past. Your sins have been washed. That's taking care of the past. You once were enemies with God. You now surrender uh, with this war against God. God wins with his love and grace. You accept, you surrender. That takes care of the past. Now we have peace with God. The second blessing deals with access with God. Is the present tense. We still have access with God. Today, you and I have access to heaven. We have access to the Father because of his Son, Jesus Christ. And that's unlimited access. And the third blessing is hope. Hope takes care of what? The future. Where we will see him face to face. There is a hope. We should rejoice in this hope. We should boast in this hope. Because he's coming. And he is coming. And we will stand one. That time is going to happen. It's going to happen. Now verse 3. And not only that, and I love these few words because it makes it seem like Paul is just has a bag full of these blessings. Not only that, it's like one of those commercials, but wait, there's more, right? They give you the whole sales pitch and they just piling on the deals and deals to get you to call. But wait, there's more. And verse three, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. That's awesome. You're reading what I'm reading? We glory in tribulations. That doesn't make sense. This is why the peace that surpasses all understanding is filling our lives. Because the world does not understand it. Sometimes I don't understand it. 
because it's the peace of God. But we rejoice and we glory in tribulation. It's like the same uh, announcer from, you know, you don't understand this. This is really glory in tribulation. It's like the announcer, and after he finished announcing that product, when he said, but wait, there's more. And now at the very end, you're just not catching it because he's speaking like five words per second. You must be 60 years of age and accompanied by parent and wait for 40 or 60 days for delivery. Really? It's difficult. I don't understand that. That's pretty much what it gets here. I don't understand this. Glory in tribulation? I don't glory in tribulation. I mean, not automatically. I've learned, and I'm not, still I'm not good at it. Glory in tribulation. Hmm. That's what it says. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation. If he would have given this first, he would have lost his readers. What's the first blessing? You glory tribulations. Really? Okay, I'm out of here. Let's scroll back up, send it back to Paul. He's nuts. Now we think about, yes, we've been justified by faith. Yes, now we have peace with God. Yes, we have access to God. Yes, we have hope in his glory. We got the blessing of the past. We know the blessing of the future, the hope. But here is that blessing. Now I glory in tribulation and I look at this blessing that we have access to God. I go back to the Lord. And that's what's incredible about the first three. Yeah, he's going to give us more blessings, but he just gives the foundation there. I've been justified. When you're going through tribulation, I've been justified. People think it's just God. It's just messing things up for you. You know, we always blame God. Everybody blames God for everything. Many don't believe in him, but they only believe in him when they want to blame him. And Christians are, oh, God, why me? Why not you? Did Jesus on the cross, he said, why me? Did Jesus say, why me? He knows why. He did it because he loves you. There's no question about that. But God knows what you're going through. We have unlimited access to go to the Father. And we need to use it so that we would glory in tribulation. Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 33, these things I have spoken to you, that in me, you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. In the world you're going to have tribulation. Jesus said it. Jesus went through, he went through persecution. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. We have unlimited access with one that understands, one that knows, one that's been here and done that, one that knows how it is to be betrayed one that knows how it feels to be left alone on the cross and your disciples just abandoned you. One that knows how it feels to be torn apart from the Father. Never been done in all of history. The Father, Son, never been separated. That's why Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why have that forsaken me? One thing about tribulation, you've heard the saying, it can make you or break you. A lot of people, they let it break them. Especially if you believe in Christ, you know that what? All things work together for good for those that love the Lord. Something happens with tribulation. It brings me to a place where I need to seek after God. All your trials and tribulations that you're going through, question yourself, have you really been in prayer about those tribulations? 
Have you really put into prayer? I mean, getting on your knees. If you can't get down on your knees, I'm talking about turning off everything, the phone, everything, and really spend time with the Lord and bringing it to the Lord. James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4, he says, My brethren, count it all joy. Here's another one, just like Paul. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? Patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. We need to get in the mindset, Christians, that when you go through the trials and tribulations, know that God is working in you. I have this tribulation now before you, Lord. What are you showing me through this? I may not have the answer, but Lord, help me go through it. And that's what God's going to do. He's going to help you go through it. He's not going to eliminate it away because what happens when you go through it, you become stronger. Your next trial and tribulation, God's going to help you go through it because you brought it before him and you have not done it on your own. You're not trying to solve it in your own strength, your own wisdom, because you know that messes up all the time, makes it even worse. So you come to the Lord and God helps you go through it. You become a stronger Christian. The next one, you become a stronger Christian and you keep building up your faith and trust in Jesus Christ through the most difficult circumstances. And then you sometimes, I don't know if you've ever seen someone who's been a blessing in your life that has been through so much trials and tribulation, but meanwhile, they're happy and they're in joy. And you're looking at them, this guy is crazy. I've known people like that. He's going through so much. And he has a smile on his face. And he's loving Jesus. How do you get that strong? A person like that is not mentally sick. A person like that is spiritually filled. Spiritually matured in God. Because he allowed it work to build him up. He allowed it to bring him to his knees before the Lord. That's why many Christians fail. That's why we don't know how to have spiritual warfare. Because we don't want spiritual warfare. We're afraid of it. We don't know how to handle it. But when you go through spiritual warfare through Christ, it makes you stronger and stronger in the Lord. Understand that. God knows all things. You think he doesn't know. Many of you are parents and before your child cries, you, you already know that it needs changing. You know the baby's crying because it's hungry without using words. You know. How much more God that knows his own children whom he loves. And he knows what you're going through. He knows how difficult it is. He knows it's like the winter blues. And I'm sorry to say that today, this morning. But God knows God loves you. He cares for you. He knows these things. And God is just hoping that you come to him because so, he's not going to go into your business unless you invite him in. And God wants you to get into the habit of, you know what? I'm dealing with these trials and tribulations. Lord, I don't want to come to you when I have a need. Uh, don't ever feel that way. Just change it. Don't ever feel like, I hate going to God only when I'm going to trouble. Yeah, you're right, you shouldn't. But don't ever feel that way, that you can go to him. He knows. Just learn to come to him when there is no trouble. Because I tell you this, we naturally come to God when we have trials and tribulations in a heartbeat. 
But when things are going well, are we really spending time with him? We need to get down on our knees and knowing that we rejoice in these tribulations. Trials and tribulation, oh, praise the Lord. Awesome. I just can't wait to see how God's going to get me out of this one. This is incredible. I'm going to sit back, sitting back and watch God do his thing. And you know what? I've been in an awesome time in my life only because I've been forced to be there. And I thank God for it. I thank God for the trials in my past troubles because it had brought me to the knees because I know there's no one I can go to. I had to go to the Lord. And God has been faithful. I thank God for it. Chuck Colson, he always said, you know, thank God for Watergate because that's what put him in prison. And if he wouldn't go to prison, he wouldn't have met the Lord. He came out at a prison ministry. In our radio program so far, we've been getting a lot of letters from people from prison, from Jersey and from New York. And these guys, one guy wrote to me, and I'm thankful, I'm blessed, because he heard me on the radio, and he was saying that, you know, he was running away, and he didn't knew the Lord, but he just thanked God that he's in prison because he found Jesus, and he's giving Bible studies in the prison. We like to complain about our problems when our problems could be turned that God could work in your life and you could see God do incredible things and God would get the glory. Now tell me if this individual is not praising God right now. Tell me if his family is not. His father called me and he's rejoicing. So count is a blessing. It just sounds so foreign to us. It doesn't make sense mentally psychologists don't understand if you read them this. How do you rejoice in tribulation? You're sick. No, (laughs) I'm saved. I'm justified. And this is the byproduct of my justification by faith. This is the reason why I am rejoicing because I know the end and I know that God is with me. Saints, understand biblical doctrine. Justified by faith. You're no longer at war with God. You're at peace with God. You have unlimited access to the heavens. And that's that way of you communicating to God where people wish they could be. Like there's no mediator between God and man, but the man, Jesus Christ. You don't need to go in the closet and speak to some priest or anyone. Just go directly to God because you put your faith and trust in him. And because of it, of what he's done, we're going to stand with him. The hope is that we're going to be there. Believe in that hope mess up we all mess up god knows and guess what because you know you're going to heaven you can rejoice in your tribulation what's going to happen to me here i'm going to go to heaven why worry about the one that could take away the flesh jesus says worry about the one who could take away the flesh and the soul they could do whatever they want but they can't take away my soul it belongs to jesus i'm Pastor Eddie Pinero has been digging into the book of Romans with us here on Running the Race. We hope you've been encouraged by what you've heard today and that you're eager to learn more about Jesus. If you'd like to listen to more messages by Eddie, visit our website at runningtheraceradio.com. There you'll also find a link to our podcast where you can subscribe to receive up-to-date messages each time they're available. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, why not come be a part of our weekly worship service? We gather each Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., and again on Wednesday at 7 p.m. for Bible study, worship, and getting to know each other better. 
Find more information at runningtheraceradio.com. Right now, Tracy has some information about how you can be a part of the ministry here at Running the Race. Radio programs like Running the Race are wonderful tools that God uses to advance His kingdom here on earth. And as with any ministry, there are expenses involved. Today's broadcast was professionally produced, and God has given us a vision to see Running the Race expand throughout the tri-state area. Would you prayerfully consider financially supporting Running the Race? Log on to runningtheraceradio.com and simply click on the Give option to help us continue to grow. Thanks, Tracy. There's much more to learn from the Book of Romans on the next edition of Running the Race.